Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you consider what's relevant to you. My guest this week is Laura gomez Gerardo gonzalez and she is a teen advisor for the United Nations Foundation's Girl Up Initiative and an activist working on a variety of different issues that are affecting her home country of Colombia. I had the chance to talk with Laura about some of her work, and she had great advice to share. So, without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Laura gomez Gerardo gonzalez Well, my, my name is Laura. I was born in Colombia, and I live in Colombia right now. Um, it's a country in South America, just in case, because I know it's not that uh, known. Uh, some years ago, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And since then, that kind of has changed a lot. The way I see at the world, uh, the importance of, you know, starting by doing the change no matter our ages, because life is too short. And so also Colombia has suffered for a long time the consequences of war and armed conflicts from different perspectives, but in general, violence. And so, like, with my personal experience with my disease, I got more involved into STEM and research and artificial intelligence. And also with the different experiences within my country um, with the problem of war and the importance of building peace. So um, I kind of have mixed all of these up into different projects uh, oriented to peace building and um, reconciliation in my country. So mainly I started by working more with dialogue and how to reduce polarization by um, fomenting and fostering youths to use um, their opinions to build a more tolerant society instead of one that uses weapons and one that uses violence as a means to get their means. And I also started getting more involved into how artificial intelligence could be used for that same purpose and how it could be used, for example, to combat drug trafficking and improve the life quality of um, those in the chain of violence that needed the most is particularly farmers and agriculture. So in a nutshell, I would say that's me. That's more or less the cause I've been working on and I want to still work on for, for, for some time. It's so great to meet with you and talk about the work that you're doing. So can you tell me more about how you got started with your activism and what inspired you to do the work you're doing now? I'd love to know more about that background for you. Let's say there are like two angles I've tried to approach. On one side is a part of building um, from agriculture and another side is like also gender equality. Uh, since, well, we all know that women made up half of the population and still we are excluded from different areas, one of them being STEM, because of a lot of different reasons. But the point is that I saw that gender equality is also in the core of solutions for other problems. So when there's women just as involved as men in different areas, particularly in STEM, we have more people um, doing change. So like, I am a girl who studied like in an only girls school and because of different reasons experienced these inequalities in STEM, particularly in programming. So starting from that point, I was like, there is a need to reduce this inequality, and particularly with the girl up movement, that it's 
a part of the Young Foundation uh, centered on reducing the gender gap and involving women into different social impact projects and et cetera, et cetera. But then as I saw, like, it's not about only reducing the inequality, but also that this reduction is focused or it's driven towards approaching other problems. And so how can gender inequality and gender equality be joined or intersected with peace building and these other areas of social impact I was interested on. And so as I started making these questions, I started getting more involved with women and girls victims of the conflict in Colombia, and especially in rural areas as farmers, um, mothers, et cetera, et cetera, who are women who have suffered the worst part of violence because they have not only suffered the violence itself, but also the inequalities given by gender, the traditional gender roles, the access, less access to education just because of those gender roles, et cetera, et cetera. So um, as I was exploring like this with the United Nations Foundation and the Girl Up Movement, not only I saw that it was important to reduce inequality, but to reduce it towards different goals. And particularly in my case, towards the goal of uh, building peace and achieving a country level, to think some way, uh, improvement in terms of conflict and war. So basically, then I start working more into these projects of artificial intelligence um, and how they can be used to reduce, to increase the income of farmers with substitution crops so that they can have a different option, different <laughs> from illicit crops like cocaine and these other crops that are used for drug trafficking. So while I was doing this research, um, I saw that it was more, even more important than doing the thing itself and actually taking the tool to the countryside. It was more important to educate girls and educate all this population to do it themselves in their communities. So with uh, what we have done with Girl Up and like this, let's say nonprofit <laughs> I've been like building called the Sophie, more taking particularly this project to different populations of girls so that they can learn and have those tools to implement them on this big purpose that it's peace building and combating drug trafficking. So um, basically because of this and also because of the things I told you at the beginning about dialogue and intolerance, um, I recently got this opportunity with the We Are Family Foundation uh, as part of the Global Team Leaders. Exactly, they are gonna put us with some mentors and we're gonna still working on this basically. But the interesting part of it is that they are like aligned with some UN uh, agencies. And so that way, basically I've tried to use all the resources I have uh, gotten both from the UN Foundation, from the Girl Movement, and now from the We Are Family Foundation um, towards this purpose of not only me doing stuff, but rather involving and fostering um, the gender equality as a solution for a greater solution or for a greater problem. In a nutshell, I would say that's most of it in, in general terms. That was a great background for the work that you're doing. And I'm so glad that you touched on the importance of doing sustainable nonprofit work because I think that's such a great point. And you touched on some of the gender inequality in Colombia, and you mentioned the violence as well as being some of the problems that people are facing in your country. Can you tell me more about the challenges that young people in Colombia are facing today? Well, of course. Um, Colombia is a beautiful country. 
uh, but unfortunately, and I mean, Latin America in general, of course, has suffered a lot of different uh, political and economical instabilities. But Colombia in particular has this record of violence during the past almost 70 years um, because of, first of all, yeah, political reasons, also the polarization problem, like here, the mentality, especially in the past, used to be white or black. And if you're not agree, then it's a reason to fight, basically. And so from the I mean, from, from the very independence, all of this historical process happened. We have faced different types of wars. At first, it was because of parties, two, two political parties, conservatives and liberals. Uh, people literally went into one group or another. And if you didn't agree, then that was the reason to start a war, basically with weapons. And later on, um, this political instabilities also opened the door for something that we call guerrillas. In Colombia. Um, I'm not quite sure if that's the correct word in English, but basically those are armed groups outside the law that they choose to use weapons to basically defend their ideals. And so there are a lot of different groups who defend the different points and they go against the government. And so that starts like civil wars. And the problem with these guerrillas is that uh, they have been here almost since until now, until really recently with something that our government did recently. But the problem was that also the government became dangerous for the civilians because there was something called paramilitarismo or paramilitarism, I guess, in English. That it's basically when the military also starts doing bad things. For example, they start killing civilians to say that they were part members of the armed groups and that way they could get like awards from the government. So there was this three groups, the armed groups outside the law, the government and the paramilitaries. And so they were all fighting. And in the middle, there was civilians just trying to survive and in the middle of the uncertainty, in the middle of violence, and also in, in, in different groups. And so the thing, the, the main problem with this is that this happened, especially in the rural areas, in the countryside, which is actually the majority of the population. Um, and the thing is, people, especially farmers and people under different types of vulnerability, especially economic vulnerability, were more vulnerable to the violence. So if you were so unlucky that you were living in a place in which Las Farc, which is one of the guerrillas in that moment, was passing, you even if you had nothing to do with their fight, you will be in the middle and they probably get your lands, your money, your family. Again, especially women, they would take girls and women from the families for their purposes. And even if you had nothing to do with it, only that you are in the bad place, in the bad moment, and you're living in a rural area. So uh, this is what like the main armed conflict problem that started uh, more or less 50 years ago. And it was even fueled then with drug trafficking, maybe uh, figures like Pablo Escobar or uh, El Cuartel de Medellín, all these famous drug traders uh, came from Colombia and particularly from some cities. There was a time in which Medellin was considered the most violent city or the most dangerous city in the world. Um, because also the way that these armed groups had to finance their actions and their crimes was basically through drug trafficking and through illicit crops. And so this became another whole problem. And then narco-terrorism arrives. 
And these Pablo Escobar start using bombs and other kidnappings and torture and other of these terrible things to extortionate the government because he didn't want to be um, extracted to the US. So uh, there was this point during the 1990s and 1980s in which it was called the terror decade because everything was bad. There was all these groups wanting their things using weapons the paramilitarism from the government and narcoterrorism, drug trafficking from Pablo Escobar and all of these terrible figures. And the real problem of all of this is that the most vulnerable people, especially farmers, were the ones who were more affected because they had nothing to do with that more than just being economically vulnerable and in the wrong places. Since then, a couple of things have changed, certainly in 2016, the government tried to make like a treatment with the armed groups um, called the the president won the peace novel in that time. And although that kind of helped to reduce like the armed groups and to dissolve a little bit the problem, um, the, let's say that today we still face like the consequences of it. So even if today there is not like Pablo Escobar or there is not a FARC armed um, all the victims are now without their lands. There is something called like forced displacement, and is where all the lands were basically taken away forcedly from people. People now have nothing, and they are victims of war. And so we're in this period of reconciliation and of building peace. And that's why it's so important right now to work on this. And that's why it's so important for me because even if we can't see directly now the worst phase of war that was some years ago, we still see the results of it and the importance of youth um, engaging and using their tolerance and using their talents in general to continue building peace towards a better future, towards a future in which history is not repeated again, in which never again people decide to use weapons and instead they decide to use dialogue or technology or whatever it is, what they like to build or to go towards their purposes instead of using weapons, basically. So I think in a nutshell, that's a little bit of Colombian history. Of course, there's a lot of other beautiful things here. It is still much more safer and it's a totally his story today that it was some years ago, um, but it's important to have like historical memory and remember what happened and what happened really recently so that we don't repeat those mistakes. And it's basically the area in which I'm more centered in which I really want to continue working and especially what I told you at the beginning to involve youths and particularly women to use their talents in this case and particularly for me STEM as one of my favorite talents to look for solutions and repair the damages from the war basically. Yes, that was a great walkthrough of Colombian history. And I think it's so important for people listening to understand the background of your country. And I think it helps to understand the work that you're doing to make change now. So thank you for sharing that. And I have one more question for you. Lots of young people want to make change, but they may not know how or where to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Yes, of course. Um, I mean, I'm still not a professional. I'm still learning every day I learn. Uh, but I think like the first thing and the most important thing is to think something that actually you're actually passionate about and actually means something to you. Like, I mean, it's so easy for us to, to look at the news and hear about important, well, not important, like extremely relevant topics, let's say about climate change and again, gender equality. Like 
global things that are important. And it's easy for us to think, well, maybe I should do this. But it's not about what you should do, but something that you actually feel. So in my case, it was not just doing gender equality just because, but it was because it was related to something that it's personal, personally important. The fact that I lived and my family lived during the period of violence. The fact that um, my grandpa has a lot of, he came from the rural areas, he came from the countryside, and therefore it's something meaningful to me. So I would say the best for place to start is not even the most dramatic thing, because I know it may sound like, oh, war, that may be super important, but maybe in your own community, perhaps there is a problem with bullying in your school, perhaps there is a problem with pollution, that maybe your the water close by is also contaminated. I, I really don't know. It depends on your own community. But important point is to think, not, a, not necessarily in the grand scale and what sounds the bigger, but rather what is to you and to your context the most. It's going to be relevant because it's relevant to you and because it's relevant to your community, not because it's relevant in the news, basically, as what I tried to say. And then as you go by, you can still thinking on how you can scale that in a bigger how that can be applied in other fields or in other areas but the most important thing is also to consider that activism is not about you doing things but about you being able to moving people so another really important advice i would say is to consider your context as a whole and all the stakeholders and all those people around you not only affected by the problem you want to address but also uh, that are potentially uh, willing to help you and help your cause and therefore to have a bigger impact when you can involve more people and when you can inspire more people towards one goal change is easier and change is bigger and more important so it's basically to think there is not such thing as a too big a problem that is not big enough or important enough and second that nothing is made by our own we need from the world around us we need from those around us and we need to receive help and i would say like in general terms that's the most important thing there is no age no moment to start there's never too late never too early just start by thinking and um looking what's uh relevant to what's important for you and i would say that's basically most of it of course look for all the help you can internet it's an amazing resource um, eventually with time you'll see that what you do matters perhaps the beginning is not going to be easy perhaps at the beginning is going to feel like you're nothing nothing of what you do is important but people are going to see what you're doing and people are going to value it and eventually you will see that you, you are going to go back and see that it was worth it I really enjoyed this conversation with Laura and I learned so much about Colombia's history and the issues being faced in the country today. She has such a great understanding of the issues in her community and her country and she's doing the work she's doing now because she recognizes that those issues are so relevant. She saw a need in her community and is now working to address it and I think her activism is a great example of how change comes when you consider what's relevant to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Laura on Instagram at lauragomezherado underscore to get connected with her. 
If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.